0: The podcasts are taken from the four volumes, In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 13 is entitled, The Law of Equality, Part 1.
1: One thing we can always count on is law. Law gives order to chaos. Those who argue against intelligent design appear to ignore law. How can law be accidental? How can laws emerge out of chaos? Law creates order out of chaos and preserves, perfects, and protects that order. Even science, which is entirely dependent upon the absolute nature of law, does not address where laws come from. To say that laws self-exist poses enormous existential problems. It is astonishing that some of the greatest minds on our planet can be blind to the necessity of intelligent design. They will accept any theory as long as it leaves out the possibility of God. Intelligent design is the only explanation that accounts for the organization of natural and physical laws. Science cannot explain the existence of law. Somehow they magically emerge from the Big Bang. No accident has the power to create one law, and yet we don't even yet know the number of laws that exist. Then there is the problem of the complex organization of laws. The only explanation is that all laws are governed by a single law. If laws fought against laws, then order could never come out of chaos. How many levels of laws are there in the world of physics, chemistry, and biology? Science, of course, recognizes that everything is governed by law. Without law, science would have no reason to exist. They may as well be alchemists, astrologists, necromancers, magicians, or conjurers. They spend all their time trying to discover and understand and use law. That is our primary debt to science. The world is a better place because of science. All laws have conditions. The conditions are the cause. The conditions must be necessary and sufficient for the effect to occur. Law such as gravity has the power to organize and govern the elements. Laws must be absolute. We choose the conditions of law given us free will, but the effect or consequences of the law choose us. They are automatic. The fact that laws have conditions is the greatest evidence of intelligent design there is. It is irrefutable evidence. If laws were self-created and unconditional, there would be no free will. We would all be parts in a cosmic machine that went on forever. God organized laws to give man agency and free will. Stephen Hawking said that because of law, we cannot have free will. He has it wrong. Only because of law do we have free will. But Mr. Hawking denies intelligent design. Without intelligent design, where can you go but accidental universe and nihilism? To understand the significance of the theme of this and the following podcast, I want to emphasize the necessity of law as it relates to liberty. Fundamental to existence is opposition. The two great opposites are order and chaos, law and lawlessness, freedom and captivity. Laws, of course, can be classified infinitely, but by necessity I shall deal only in very broad strokes. There are temporal laws that govern all temporal worlds. A temporal world, by its nature, is subject to time, and time means entropy, where things move from order to disorder, resulting in death to all life forms and chaos to non-life forms. That is the primary world of science, and it is truly astonishing and endless. We have physical bodies, therefore we are subject to the laws of nature, where for every birth there is a death. Law alone governs the balance of nature. Science cannot explain how that phenomenon occurred. Evolution cannot account for law. Evolution is governed by law. Evolution does not govern law. By the very definition of the scientific method, any scientific argument about origins is based on opinion because they cannot recreate it. My problem with theoretical science, as exciting as it is, is that they often claim scientific authority where there is none. Mr. Richard Dawkins' book, The God Delusion, is a parody of theoretical science and should be entitled, The Godless Delusion. However, life is far more complex than the physical body. If the physical body was all there is, we would be biological robots governed by natural law. We also have an immortal spirit, however, which is not subject to temporal law, nor to time, nor to entropy, nor to physical death. Genesis tells us,
0: Genesis 2, 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul.
1: The breath of life is the spirit. It is the spirit that contains life and not the physical body. All living things have a spirit. That, of course, cannot be accounted for by evolution or explained by science. Immortality is outside of science's paradigm. Science, confused by life, focuses on death. Our spirit lived before our physical body was created, and it will continue to live after the physical body dies. The spiritual world, too, must be governed by laws. We call them spiritual laws. We generally, as Christians, refer to them as laws of behavior, or moral laws, or laws of God. They, too, have conditions. They, too, are just as binding as temporal laws. That is why we have agency. Temporal laws give us freedom. Spiritual laws give us agency. The more we understand each, the greater is our freedom and agency. Those who study physical laws at the expense of temporal laws, though they may penetrate the stars with their Hubble telescope and peer into black holes, though they may peer into the atom with the electron microscope, Though all this, they know nothing of the soul. Those who study spiritual laws at the expense of temporal laws will know very little of either because God is the author of both temporal laws and spiritual laws, and they were organized for man, one an analogy of the other. If you want anything of a temporal or spiritual nature, you must first discover the law behind it and obey that law. In this podcast and its companion, I want to talk about laws of a different sort. I want to talk about the laws of liberty, for it is our liberty I am concerned with, not with science. In previous podcasts, I have focused on the four laws of liberty. I shall repeat them here for emphasis, and I shall continue to repeat them for emphasis. They are...
0: 1. The law of liberty, which is the Ten Commandments. 2. The perfect law of liberty, which are all the teachings of Christ and his prophets and apostles. Three, the law of equality, which is that God is no respecter of persons. Four, the royal law, which contains the two great commandments, love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself.
1: You cannot have true liberty without obeying the four laws of liberty. Liberty under any other banner is merely word mongering. The point is that if we want liberty, we must obey all four laws. In this and the following podcast, I wish to focus only on the third law of liberty, the law of equality. Our Founding Fathers built this nation and created our Constitution and Bill of Rights upon this principle, as is so clearly stated in the Declaration of Independence.
0: The Unanimous Declaration of the Thirteen United States of America that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness.
1: Consider just a few of the primary propositions and assertions of the above
0: to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them.
1: The fundamental assumption of our forefathers in establishing our Constitution is, number one, the laws of nature entitle us to be equal. Number two, the laws of God entitle us to be equal. It is clear That which has already been created by the laws of nature and by the laws of God, though they can be facilitated by government, cannot be created by government. It says nothing about government creating equality. It says just the opposite.
0: We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
1: Any meddling with equality is treason against nature, treason against God, treason against man, treason against liberty and freedom, and treason against the laws of our country. Socialism, Marxism, and Communism are attempts by man to create equality, not to facilitate it. That which nature and God has already created, they want to remake transform, recreate, transmute, reform, revise, reshape, and change. Our forefathers condemn all those who try to remake or transform the laws of equality.
0: That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness.
1: When Barack Obama, the President of the United States of America, said in his first inaugural address that,
0: Starting today, we must pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and begin again the work of remaking America.
1: That statement should make every American's blood boil. America is not listening with her head. Our liberty is at stake. In the same speech, Mr. Obama said,
0: What the cynics fail to understand is that the ground has shifted beneath them, that the stale political arguments that have consumed us for so long no longer apply. The question we ask today is not whether our government is too big or too small, but whether it works.
1: Mr. Obama is saying you are cynical if you believe in small government. Hitler, Stalin, and Lenin could not have said it better. President Obama just told America that the ground of our democratic republic has just shifted beneath our feet. Well, he was correct, and that is where the horror lies. We have shifted from the republic established by our forefathers, where the people rule, to a socialist state where big government rules. Mr. Obama added salt to the wound when he said,
0: The stale political arguments that have consumed us for so long no longer apply.
1: What did you think that he meant by stale political arguments? It means the end of our democracy, America. He is calling our Constitution and our Bill of Rights stale political arguments. No matter how he frames his words, his subtle policies testify of his intent. When he said that,
0: The question we ask today is not whether our government is too big or too small, but whether it works.
1: He showed his true colors. A small government is all that is needed when run by self-rule. Only dictators and tyrants need big government. Former President Barack Hussein Obama, who asserted that he believed in redistribution of wealth, is a Marxist socialist, working with a party that have all become Marxist socialists a movement that started long before the arrival of Obama. The party made Obama. Obama did not make the party. Their spokesman is not Obama. Obama is politically astute and has charisma, and his hold on the Democratic Party should not be underestimated. But he is not the driving force. Bernie Sanders is not the driving force. Their voices were mere whispers, partially muted by inexperience. The driving force is the absolute lust for power that energizes the left. The leviathan of socialism has awakened, and it will not easily be put back to sleep. Those in Washington are merely caught in the tide that is sweeping the world like a tsunami, and the earthquake is far out to sea. Those who financially support the politicians are the powers behind the politicians. The power of the Socialist Democratic Party does not lie in Washington. Washington is not exactly made of intellectuals. Washington is made of opportunists who are exploited in their office. They even exclude themselves from the laws they pass, which should be a cause for removal from office. The power of the Socialist Democratic Party is driven by the Ivy League universities, the liberal press, the social media, the intellectually elite, the billionaires who have independent agendas, big business, the apathy of America, foreign enemies, The breakdown of the family, the putting down of Christianity, the laxity of morals, the rise of atheism, the denial of absolutes, the desire of the people to be taken care of, and the sickness of atheism that is sweeping the world. Democracy requires self-reliance. Socialism offers ease and false security. Have you noticed that the language of the left is like a nanny trying to soothe a fretful child? A nanny is not a mother or a father. She is a surrogate, a substitute. You can't do it alone, Obama said, as if he were bouncing America on his knee. That is not what was in the heart of those first pilgrims who came to America seeking religious freedom. They faced the trials of a new frontier with faith in God, confidence in themselves, and hope in the future. What God creates, he creates right the first time. The resurrection is a perfection of that which, through your agency, you have become. The only way we can restore our liberty, not remake, not transform, but restore our liberty, is to turn back to God and back to the four laws of liberty mentioned above. In the next podcast, I wish to focus on number three of the four laws of liberty mentioned above. All are necessary for our liberty. The only way we can restore our liberty, not remake, not transform, but restore our liberty, is to turn back to God and back to the four laws of liberty mentioned above. In the next podcast, I wish to focus on number three of the four laws of liberty. In part two, I shall specifically focus on law number three, the law of equality, which is at the heart of the documents written by our founding fathers. Please join us tomorrow.